Uh, hi, Don. Uh, thank you so much for meeting with me today. Um, before we start, I just want to do a quick introduction of who I am, and, and then I'm going to ask you to do the same. Uh, I am a trainer for Big Data Trunk, and we've been doing some interviews with L&D people around the country because there's so many changes coming. The pandemic triggered a lot of them, but there's just a lot of research and new new things happening in training. So we wanted to give people a chance to talk about it and learn from each other. This would be our opportunity to do that, and we'll post these on our websites. And and I thank you so much for being willing to talk with us today. So to oh, start, it's my pleasure. Okay. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about uh, you and your company? Just you know, maybe how you got started and and what uh, what what your company looks like that you're working at now. Sure, absolutely. Um, my name is Don Becker, and I am a learning and development specialist with American National Insurance Company. Uh, I've been with this company for three and a half years now. Uh, I'm part of a team of three other uh, or two other learning and development specialists. Oh, and then we have uh, two coordinators, and then we've got our director that 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 leads our team. Uh, we have a relatively small team and our job is we we focus on the learning and development for, for corporate-wide learning. Uh, we also mm -hmm. focus on leadership development as well as uh, individual contributor development. Uh, we have a company of, of over of, of about 4,000 people. Uh, that's not including agents, so we've got 4,000 full-time employees. And so for a team that's relatively small, we do manage and we're able to very successfully uh, develop and, and create content for our for our for company-wide for our employees. Uh, before I started with American National, I, I actually owned my own instructional design business. Mm. Uh, going a little bit farther before that, I, I was, and during that I was also an adjunct professor at a couple of local universities. Uh, before that, I was an eighth grade science teacher for a number of years. <laughs> Trial by and, fire. <laughs> oh yeah. And if we're traveling super far back into the Wayback Machine, uh, I actually started my career uh, as as a pharmacy technician, then a uh, then a district trainer with Eckerd Drugs. R.I.P. Big Blue. <laughs> so uh, I, I've been involved in learning development one way or another my entire adult life, and it's something that is a is a huge passion for me. I got my master's degree in instructional design. Uh, I got my bachelor's in psychology. So I, I've been involved in in how people learn, why people learn, and how to make learning more interesting uh, my entire adult life. Oh, great. I look forward to asking more questions then because it's also a passion of mine. Um, I do teach myself, and, and my, the most frustrating day for me would be when I teach something and I feel like I, I haven't gotten an engagement. <laughs> you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't get through. So, yes, it's, oh, sure. it's challenging. challenging. Uh, so, Don, you talked about um, your, you have a, a group that you work with, you have a department, um, and, that, and you, you talked about doing development training. Are you also doing tech training for the company? So, for example, if they buy a new system, are you in charge of technical training as well as kind of personal growth? growth um what's the scope of your mission so that's a good question we really don't involve ourselves in technical training because that's really more since we're not directly involved with that that it actually falls with more of our it department okay. they bring us in for uh, for consulting and if it's something that is that is skill development company-wide then we are definitely brought in to to assist with that i've been involved in a number of different projects with the organization about you know ranging from from our employee benefits to a new accounting you know actuarial software that's that's involved uh, mm -hmm. i've been brought in as a consultant or to actually design products for for other for other partners within our organization okay um, but, but generally we don't you know if it's it's we've bought a new thing that that whoever is the uh, whoever's the owner of that new thing is usually who who teaches it unless it has to go something company-wide then uh, then we do uh, we provide our our consultation okay. we really mainly focus on on soft skill development for okay. uh, for what we do 
Okay, great. Thank you for that. Um, and then, can you give me a sense also of you've got a kind of a very distributed company, employees all over the United States, all over the world, did you say, or just the United uh, all over the United States? Yes. Okay. All right. We are working on the next step, but right now it's just the United States. <laughs> and so, so you have a team, and and can you give me a sense of what is the mission of your team? If you were to say, you know, I've got this team, I'm L and D team. What what would be your mission and goals uh, at the end of the year? How do you know you've been successful in what you tried to do? Oh, that's a great question. So. Our mission is really to provide the most quality and detailed content uh, that is going to engage learners and to make and, and to develop those capacities to help our our organization grow and and to be leaders in our field. Uh, that it's it, we swing for the fences with what we do. We have a very very high level of um, a high level of of expectations for the quality of work that we produce, mm -hmm. and, and we meet that high quality on on. 99.999% of everything that we do. And so um, we, we know that we've been successful because we get much, we get more and more every year, we get more and more demands for our involvement, either, either directly in designing content uh, in, in more, more consultations, more, you know, we're definitely getting much more involved in more and more different facets of our organization. And so it's that, that, that demand definitely tells us that whatever we're doing uh, is, is working. Okay, and then and then if we take this down a notch, so that's sort of the company wide, um, and it sounds like you've become a resource for the company in the sense of the of the person who really has the skills to you know to bring to other departments if they need it. Um, yes. But what what about individual classes? Like, how do you if you're giving classes or or bringing training to the company in whatever fashion that is, how do you measure measure the success of that particular training or that particular class? How do, what's your oh, process wow. for that? Sure. So the way that we do, we actually take quantitative and qualitative data in regards to that. So we've got a pretest that that you know judges the knowledge about what a learner may or may not know about the topic before we get into it. Uh, then they are then the way that we do our leadership development content is is actually we deliver it in a hybrid format. Mm. And you know we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But uh, you know they do a pretest, then they do their web based training, then then they have their skill practice, and then we do follow up with. Uh, with a with a post test to see what how much of that content that they retain. Mm. So so we do we we do uh, definitely pre post test, uh, and then within that post test we also get qualitative uh, feedback on how we as a facilitators are doing, how the content is helping them prepare themselves to be to to actually do this when they go out into the practice of leadership. Uh, further on that we know that we've been successful is we also uh, have company wide pulse surveys that determine. Mm. you know how how our employees think about their leaders think about the organization and things like that and then you can begin to see trends in data and how they are how they collaborate or how they correspond with the uh with who's taken what course and who's and who's how far their that group of leaders has, has progressed throughout the curriculum oh interesting and and then um do you have also are there other challenges that you have we'll get into some of the challenges i know that that kind of Came to a head with the pandemic, uh, but are there other challenges like marketing? Do you have challenges getting the getting uh, information out about your classes? Do you have any challenges in just letting people know what's available? Uh, we've. That's a great question. Uh, in terms of challenges for how for how the course that we have available, there's. I'm going to say yes and no. And because there's some things that it's really, it's very, very evident, very evident of what we have available mm -hmm. uh, because it's those leadership development courses. It's there's, there's, so we have 12 of them and they are very, very popular. So they're 
constantly being being accessed. So okay. really, there's really no need for a lot of marketing about that. In the last two years, especially since the pandemic, we've initiated other sets of content. We've gone, we've uh, created the set of, uh, we call them, uh, they're micro trainings, mm. five to seven minute, you know, self-paced uh, micro trainings that, that they can take. Uh, that we actively chose, like we're not going. It's not going to be mandatory. We're not going to. We'll just put it out there and see what kind of organic growth that we can get from that. Interesting. And and some of the courses get a lot of organic growth, and then some of them not quite so much. And so what we've been doing is inside of our our our, our main leadership courses, uh, we begin to kind of prom- cross cross promote a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so you know this micro training supports this course that you just took. So if you want to know a little bit more about this topic, go take this one. You can take it on your own anytime you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found that that cross promotion has helped with with the awareness of those things. Um, just this past year, we've begun uh, promoting uh, individual contributor courses to help mm. help build to help build future leaders. Oh, and so that has come with uh, with the, a marketing campaign as well uh, to make them aware the courses aren't the content isn't mandatory for people to take. It's, it's, Hey, these things are available for you. You know, I think, you know, if you're interested in, in a leadership type of path, these would be good things for you to, to, uh, to, uh, to take. So, uh, right. so like I said, so it's, it's been, it's a yes and no bag. Some things it's been a little bit harder. We've had to be a little bit more aggressive with the marketing with those, with those micro trainings, but, uh, the, the, the larger courses, uh, there seems to be a lot of demand for it, and so it's not as much as a not much as a need to market them as as well as we do. Right, and it sounds like from your from your company's perspective, you've got kind of a a centralized you know corporate uh, body that that if you want information to get out to all employees, there's a, there's already a way to do that, right? Through yeah, we've got our HR communications team that we yeah. work very closely with them, and they get the message out to to our okay. leaders and, and to the rest of the organization. Okay. Um, we have a lot of corporate support for for our initiatives, and that's taken a long time. I know for uh, for a long time. I mean, I think most organizations, most larger organizations, can say that. You know, the first thing that gets cut during 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 tough times is L and D is learning and mm-hmm, development, mm-hmm. And, and because it's it's just you're a nice to have, not a need to have. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, over the last, especially over the last four or five years, our organization has is evolved in that thought. It's like L and D is not a nice to have. It's a need to have because we need to continue to grow. So that's great. You've got that support. It's really yes, good. Yes, it's great. Um, it's, it's all part of our, 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 our corporate, how the corporation manages or measures its success. Mm-hmm. Uh, L and D has a big part in that. So they, excellent. the lead, the leadership attending the, uh, our, our leadership development courses is, is part of that scorecard. So it's pretty neat. I think I think I might have noticed that on the website, the company website, where they have kind of the company who who we are as a company. I think uh, that might have fed into that. That's it's yeah. um, you're lucky. You're lucky. <laughs> very lucky. I know I'm very blessed for where I work with. That's for sure. It is a fantastic mm-hmm. organization. So. so I was going to ask you about the challenges and opportunities with you know that resulted from the pandemic, or just what you're seeing in the future. But but maybe I'm going to shift a, a, a bit to talk about the different ways that you bring training to your to your customers, to your employees. So I know there's there's in-house trainers. There's companies you might contract with there's purchase training like uh, linkedin and and lynda.com what are, what are all the ways that you try to bring training to to the people that you're in charge of of training uh, sure so as an organization we have a couple different groups that do role specific training uh, which and we try because we have such talented people with who, who we work with is for the most part we actually build a lot of things in house mm. um and so we've got we've got a group in our in our property and claims department. It's a training group that they they build a lot of their internal trainings that go to to their 
to their agents. Uh, for us, we are we're in we're corporate learning developments, and so our learning is very is developed specifically with the mindset of this is going to, uh, you know, a, the the entire organization. Right. And so we have. It's just a lot of a lot of a lot of integrate work that we go into that, and so we we do a lot of in-house building, but uh, we do uh, offer offer LinkedIn Learning for all of our all of our users as well. And mm. That's something that that we work that we work to build. Uh, we've brought we've we've built a lot of a lot of awareness to the availability that 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 LinkedIn Learning has uh, for our for for our organization as well. So that's the it's it's ninety nine percent in house builds, uh, and then we also have LinkedIn Learning. We very rarely purchase anything uh, for any kind of external vendors. Okay. Uh, for our okay. corporate compliance, we have, I believe, just two things, and and even those, those contracts are up in the next year or two, and those are probably going to be transitioned over to uh, to us designing them. Because so, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You you said your team builds the training. Do you also deliver the training? So are you you have a, how, like do, is your team in charge of delivering the the training modules to to staff? So uh, we the trainings that we are that we design are self-paced for for majority of okay. for majority of them the leadership development content the specific ones that we build for that those are as i mentioned earlier those are hybrid and so then yes we do facilitate those as well okay 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 um that's great that you've got uh, self-learning uh, modules that's that's really a great way to do it um so so let's let's talk about the challenges i know i know that um with a lot of companies, the pandemic brought things to a head, uh, probably changes that were going to happen anyway. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the, the challenges that you're feeling now uh, and and maybe those that came with the pandemic or just those that you're seeing now, irrespective of the pandemic? So I always say this, and this is something that, that I love, as I mentioned earlier, I really, really love the company that I work with. But the best thing about American National is also sometimes the worst thing about working at American National, and that is we have a lot of we have a lot of employee retention. So people tend to stay. They like where they were, where they where they are, and mm -hmm. so they tend to stay. And so, uh, especially you know that, that and you know the longer you stay, then promotions and and you have uh, you know leaders like that, leaders that have been with the organization for 10, 15, 20 years. Mm. And so the mindset of trainings things have to be done face to face and that's the only way that things can be done mm. was very embedded in the culture and the mindset of of leadership at American National i think that that's probably very very similar for many organizations around yes. around the world and then when covid hit i i remember i was actually uh, I, I live in houston texas and one of our regional locations is in springfield missouri and in march of 2020 i was in springfield missouri delivering face-to-face -face trainings because that's what we had to do you know i did you know we had we would fly up to uh to you know we have we had facilitators here in houston and then in albany and then we would kind of split who would go to who would go to uh, to springfield uh and so i flew up to springfield to teach a week of classes and during that entire week i start hearing more and more about this weird thing about this virus it's you know it's it was in it was in 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 china and then it wasn't <laughs> and then it's going elsewhere and then the first reported case was now in the united states and then and I'm, and when i left friday afternoon normally i leave and it's a full airplane and it was the plane was half full and i'm like this mm. is really weird but okay thanks i got a whole road to myself i go into work you know 
back in the office the next Monday and by 11 o'clock we get an announcement says the entire building is going to be closed take everything that you need because mm, no one is going to mm. be on this building for uh, for the next two weeks mm. and that, that was optimistic wasn't it yeah that was opt very optimistic right <laughs> and and I, I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've actually worked in the office since then and that's mm. like two, and a half, two and a half years since then so huge effect on your train yeah Go ahead, oh yeah, sorry. so no, you're right. So it had a, a gigantic effect because we could no longer provide that face-to-face -face training because we're just not allowed to be face-to-face. -face. And so we met as a team and decide, and and we talked about it. It's like all of our classes had to get canceled for the for the whole month of of March and April. And so we're like, what do we do? How do we? Because you, know, you know, fifty to sixty percent of what we do for the organization is this. What do we do now? And you know, thankfully with me, I had a lot of experience with hybrid learning. I did a lot of hybrid learning when I, when I taught, uh, when I taught in, in K-12 as a big mm -hmm. advocate. Like I said, you know, I taught science and science, you got to do stuff with your hands. Not that was really aggressive on the camera. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but you got to do a lot of stuff with your hands. And so I only got 45 minutes in class and the time to, to talk mm -hmm. and, and do the lecture portion, it was just unreasonable. We had you know, 15, 20 minutes for a lab. And so it's, I felt like I was cheating the students. And so then I would have them, their homework would be read, get your lab journal ready, because when, when that bell rings, we're starting lab right away. Mm -hmm. And, and so I've been very adept with hybrid learning. And then I continued that same principles when we started going, when I started teaching at the university level. And so when the time came to that, have that discussion, that was, I, I, Thankfully, they listened and 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 they thought that I had a good idea and I had a good setup. So I said, "This is how we we should deliver this training. We need to deliver it hybrid. You know, have a self-paced part, and then we can just focus on like the skill practice as a as a webinar portion." And so then, in one month, I built five web-based training courses in in a, in a, in a, in a in just a hair over a month. Uh, that was a lot. That was an intense amount of work. I don't believe I had ever worked as hard or as long or as, as, as quick as I ever had in my life. And so then by, uh, by June 1st, we were delivering hybrid learning content. You know, I'm going to stop you for a second because when I use hybrid, I think I'm using it in a different way. It sounds like when you talk about hybrid, you're talking about a combination of self-paced and then uh, online, uh, in person, because I think you're using it in a different way than I'm used to. Sure, and 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 I think our, traditionally we think of hybrid as as sometimes face to face and sometimes online. And well, let me let me stop you for a second. Uh, when I think of hybrid, I think of uh, one class, and some people are present and some people are remote. That was my my oh, version oh. of hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. yeah. Let's so, talk so, about yours. Yeah. Oh sure, of course, and and I think that that's. That's another way that that people can, can can think about hybrid learning, but it is that's I almost I think of that as like a subset of hybrid learning. You know, mm -hmm. it's and when I when I really think of hybrid learning, I think of content delivered in multiple modalities. Mm. And so, how is that multiple modality happening? Is it is it you know is it is it is it a video and then a and then, then, and then, an interactive game is it's something you know? I think I think of hybrid a little bit more of a macroscopic view of multiple modalities right. to deliver that content, and so that makes sense. Yeah. And so the way that we the way that we did it, we had a, a you know a self paced course, then with a with a webinar skill practice. That was the way that we defined our two modalities for delivering the contents. So, uh, and 
is everything you do now hybrid could talk a little bit about uh, now what what the, what that looks like in in your company that you know Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It, so it's everything that we now deliver, all of our hybrid, all of our uh, leadership development content is all hybrid now. Uh, we have two courses that are that are only web-based training because there was really no value in doing a skill practice with them. Mm-hmm. And that was that was that was a really in-depth discussion as well. We started we actually had to go take a deep dive into each one of our courses that we offered. And it's like, where's the value that someone needs to practice? Mm. And because you know the, the whole idea of having a skill practice is you're going to be practicing a skill, and so what information can be pulled out and be done uh, as, as, in, in 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 a simulated scenario in a in an interactive hotspot in a video in in whatever else we need to do for the web-based training. But what are some things that we need to, as a facilitator, facilitate that learning? Okay. And so that makes sense. Yeah. So we really had to had to really get a deep dive and there's some really great conversations within our team about how we would you know what needed to go where and two of the courses as we began to discuss it were it really was there's really learners can get everything they need just from this web-based training there's really mm-hmm. nothing that we would need to facilitate to help them get a greater understanding in this it's really you know, you know not to say that we weren't important but but we can deliver this content in these certain ways that they're really going to be able to get it and understand it. And so those some really excited, great discussions that happened, lots of lots of intense building that needed to be built. Uh, and and there were some bumps in the road at the beginning, of course. The people were our, our leaders were hesitant. Mm-hmm. It, it, it did take some convincing of our of our leadership. We're like, look, we don't know when we're going to be face to face ever again. We don't know when this is going to happen. But our leaders they're at home they still need to be able to continue to grow and be the best leaders that they can be and so this is how we can deliver that product to them mm-hmm. and so it was a matter of selling it to our leaders and you know thankfully for them they were like all right let's try it out you know that one of the one of the things that people were challenged with uh in 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 your area is that when you start doing this sort of hybrid learning and everybody's at home all of a sudden the things that were easy to do in a classroom are m- much more difficult so yes. you know you hand out maybe printed in material you 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 set up uh, things on somebody's computer for the class you know you can do all that when you control the classroom but when you don't so do you have any challenges in that area where you've got to deal with all the different kinds of configurations that people have at home when you're trying to teach a class. Yeah, that was one of the biggest challenges that we had was how do we deliver the resources to our uh, to our learners? Mm-hmm. And originally we had it built where they could download, where they would have to download it from our learning management system. But we found relatively quickly on that, that they would download one of the materials and not four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Things things were getting misplaced and lost, and 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 that caused a challenge because they needed to have their course journal completed when they went into the skill practice. And so, we made a little pivot within that. And so then it was we now embedded that downloadable content. We took it out of the LMS and built it into the courses that we were developing. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. way, and then they had to download that stuff before they could progress. Oh, interesting, um, yeah. And so then we had considerably less of that. Oh, I didn't download it. Oh, I lost it. Things like that. Um, but we started to see some of the some of the additional resources, the supplemental resources. Some of those were getting misplaced. Like the journals, they had the journals, but the other stuff, you know, job aids and things like that, uh, were 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 getting lost. And so then mm-hmm. we did an additional pivot later on, 
was we just create we just put everything into one big PDF. So there wasn't multiple PDFs for someone to download. Download one PDF. It's at the beginning. You can't go any further in the course until you download. <laughs> it's learning objectives. Then it's here's a journal. You need to download it. And if you don't download it, you can't go any further. And so and so that has helped a lot with with that misplacement. Mm-hmm. And I think. It also, one of the other big challenges was, you know, our learners, again, as I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of people that very kind of set in their ways. is like, this is the way things we've always done things. And to move away from writing things down on a piece of paper to mm. typing inside of a PDF, an editable PDF, that was a transition for our, for our leaders as well. And so we had to have a lot of, a lot of patience uh, mm-hmm. with, with them and, 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 and guidance and providing those guidance for the people. It's like, okay, so this is how you do it. You click in here and do and you know, some people that they just weren't familiar with how to edit inside of a PDF. Well, that's interesting. And I saw the same thing early on um, because I, I volunteer for some organizations and, and just teaching people how to use Zoom and how to unmute themselves <laughs> and how, how, to, how, to, how to set a background. There was a lot of technical training that had to happen before you could you could progress into the online training. So it oh, sounds sure. like, you have this, yeah, same challenges. Yeah. And, and our coordinators were absolutely fantastic with helping to build that infrastructure because they took a lot of those a lot of those basic procedural questions and provided support for our uh, for our leaders, we with the way we deliver deliver our uh, our our webinars is it's a facilitator with a producer, and so the producer is the gets all those technical questions. So that way, me as a facilitator, I can facilitate the course. I can I can go through everything that we need to go through, and I can accumulate it that way. And our producer provides that support on the background. They are invaluable. I, there's no way that we'd be successful if we didn't have a the uh, a facilitator producer setup. That's an excellent, excellent way to do it. Yeah, because it's very challenging when you're trying to do it yourself. Because yeah, then you have to stop talking and you're like, okay, let me answer your question. Let me problem solve. And if it doesn't work <laughs> the first time, then you're, I mean, you're, then you're 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes of dead air and everyone else is like, okay, well, I'm going to go get a coffee. And then you yeah. lost the Yeah, so. they disengaged. You know, it sounds like uh, when you, this also gave you the opportunity, it sounds like, to go really deep dive into all the training that you offer in a way that you might not have had to do. You wouldn't have had to do it. Uh, and oh, so yeah, it sounds like you've nice. benefited from that as well, kind of working your way through all the things that you offer and asking, you know, how best to deliver it or should we even be delivering it? So it sounds like you did a lot of pruning and pairing of your. Uh, yes, very much so, because there was a lot of there's a lot of content that as we taught it face to face, that was it was it was fluff. It was, you know, the basic stuff to that you would normally do in a face to face course. It's unnecessary as we began to drill down and say, what is someone that actually, what do they actually need? And so, yeah. you know, some activities that were like, oh, there's a lot of value in this. How can we translate this so someone could do it self-paced on their own? Mm-hmm. And so it was really, for me as a, as a, as a lifelong learner, I really, you know, I, like I said, I come from academia. I'm always a mm-hmm. lifelong learner. That's how I'm always going to classify myself. To understand content at a depth that I never would have imagined, just knowing it pre-pandemic, I thought was just out. It was just really great for my growth in understanding what we're delivering, how we deliver it, understanding the learning theories behind we're doing it. And Mm -hmm. I was, you know, to be able to to really go into my depth, as I mentioned earlier, you know, my my master's is in instructional design, but it's a specialization with game theory and design. And so... Mm -hmm. Being mm-hmm. able to design those web-based trainings that we have to implement those those gamification type of type of techniques into that, while getting that concept at a greater depth, it was exciting for me. I was just, as, as I said, it was a lot of hard work, but just it was so, 
it filled me with so much excitement and so much passion that I was, I was looking forward every day. It's like, what, what can I do now? Like, hmm, oh, I think I can do, I can do this. I can, you know, and so, yeah. I, do we need another pandemic to interest you? In <laughs> but let's talk a little bit. You mentioned gamification and that's a term I see thrown around a lot. Um, and that's sort of, that's part of the new research that's coming out, isn't it? On how people learn. Can you talk a little bit about that when you say you've implemented some gamification in your training? What, what does that look like? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So I think one of the things that when you look at gamification, uh, it tends to be, oh, it's it's points and badges and leaderboards. And that's really not what gamification is. That's that's a way that you can it's an external way that you can show progress in whatever they're doing with gamification. And that is a piece of it. But I think the over, the the big overarching way that we look at gamification is what makes games interesting what makes games fun, what makes games engaging, and how can we translate those skills to help people learn in the same engaging manner? And so it is a matter of what are some of the things we see a lot in games? Games are colorful, games are dynamic, games have a generally, if for the most part, a basic tutorial at the very, very beginning of it. So so you learn the basic navigation, so you have to try to figure that part out. Games also, have a story that goes through it i think a very underutilized aspect of gamification is the digital storytelling aspect and so i try to integrate a lot of that in with with the course that i design it's like i'm not just you're learning a then learning b then learning c we're telling a story that leads that that goes all the way through so give me an example of that uh, that you, when you talk about digital storytelling what give me an example of how that how you implemented that or put that together in one of the classes Oh sure, uh, I'll give you an example. For one of our courses, it's called uh, it's called resolving workplace conflict. That's a really great example of it. And so, the way that it starts off is the story starts off between a leader having to manage a conflict between two employees. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how we're starting. And throughout the course, throughout the web based training portion, you see what has happened. You know, why we talk about okay, there's a conflict. Then we discussed, well, why is why did this conflict happen? How did this conflict happen? How did it get worse? What happened next? And mm. then we continue mm. with the storyline. And then as we get farther along, then there's actually an interactive piece that's built into it where it's it's a choose your own adventure. So you act as one of the people that's in that conversation. And you act as the leader and you have and you're gonna be talking to both of the both of the people uh and you have to choose which is the best response to elicit the right, the right uh, thought process so those two people can, can manage and, and resolve their conflict between them. So hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it's a whole story. It starts at, you know, with the conflict, and then at the end of that course is you've resolved that conflict that they were involved in. That's an excellent way to put it together. And, and, then, and then and the training is kind of painless at that point. You know, it's, it's, they get yeah. caught up more in the storytelling and the resolution than, than the actual. It's, it's not so dry. Right? Yeah. And, and, and it's not, you're, you're not just watching a story unfold because, mm-hmm. of, the, because of the interactive pieces that, that we have built into the course. They're involved with that resolution and how to get it resolved the right way. Yeah. So that just further builds that engagement with the learner. It gets a really higher level of understanding of the content. 
by the way, excellent class. Um, one of the things that I do, I am retired, but one of the things that I do, I'm a volunteer conflict coach and mediator uh, in, the, in, oh, in nice. the community. And so uh, resolving conflict in the workplace, would, I think it would save us billions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very I'm, much so. Very I'm much glad so. glad you're offering that class. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, uh, the future of L&D. So, so you, you're, you, in the past two years, you've experienced tremendous change, tremendous change. But looking forward, what, what do you see when you look forward about the changes that are coming? Potentially. So some of the changes that I've been seeing in L&D, which I think are very, very fascinating, is is a lot of the augmented and, and virtual reality type of type of mm. learning. And I think that at, at the basic level, we're starting to do that now. But I think that there's a lot more that can be done in, in greater depth. There's definitely certain skill sets in different areas that could really benefit from a lot of this this augmented or virtual reality type of learning. Uh, you know, specifically things that people that need that 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 in-depth skill practice. How much time do we spend in training people that are working in in a factory that build that builds automobiles? How much time is spent on on, on nurses and 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 lab X-ray techs to learn how to operate their machinery, how to do you know edit intubations and things like that? Things that they work on on practice dummies. Well, what can be done with with a, with a VR headset and being able to 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 mimic those things over and over again? Mm. You know, they could you know, they could do that at home. They could do that you know elsewhere. There's a lot of different places that they could apply that type of learning. So I think those types of that, that types of learning, I, I find that to be very very exciting. Uh, in terms of where we are in the in the insurance space, you know, we look at we look at what are some of the innovative ideas that can help us to improve our uh, our customers and what how can we provide that support and that learning because you know where we are in L&D I'm very far away from the person that buys the insurance right but but it's it's a chain right and each each link in that chain goes to where it needs to be which will eventually lead to the customer so what can we do to to make sure that that chain is as strong as it possibly can be. Mm. And so we're always looking for new ways to, to build that capacity uh, for, uh, for the, our, 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 our people that are down the road, down the road, that down that chain. Right. And I think one of the things that I find is with a lot of potential uh, in that is, you know, uh, uh, the digital storytelling aspect, I think, is very, very fascinating. I think it's an under is something that that we don't utilize enough. I'm a big advocate for that. I think that that's definitely something that I see a lot more of. That I also see a lot more of just. I'm trying to word it. I'm trying to word it right. Sorry, I apologize. I'm going to get right. the right wording of it. Uh, I think that really that immersive learning is mm. going to be something that is that is going to be even more important for uh for as we continue to grow uh as as a, as a learning development space um not outside of the the direct skill practice but mm -hmm. getting that so that, that's all that soft skill development because i think that, that that's how you really are going to be able to really experience some of the things that maybe you can't i think that immersive learning is going to be a, a very very um and and uh, forward with that. Don, can you tell me what you mean? You talk about immersive learning. What are you seeing when you say that? So when I talk about immersive learning, I think about uh, in in K twelve. It's we talk. It's similar to what we talk about with, with personalized learning, right? So I want to learn the best way that I can for me. 
You know, I may not mm. be someone who likes to read a book, but I like to watch a YouTube video on, on how to do something and I can get it that way. Okay. Okay. You know? And so when I think of immersive learning, it's like, okay, how can I, how can I find these things that are going to help me understand not just this small sliver of something that somebody is telling me, but I can understand the whole picture, right. the whole circle. And right. it is, it is a combination of I'm going to take, you know, I take a, a self-paced course and then I'm also going to watch a video and then I can do a, uh, I can it. do a, a VR skill practice. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's that personalized learning to get as deep as I want to get on this topic. And so I understand really the 360, the full picture instead of just a small sliver of it. Interesting. So you're kind of putting the learner in the center and this, and the, and the technique around, around the, the learner. And exactly. that's kind of, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I did want to talk a little bit about um, your path. You have a very interesting path to, to your corporate job. Um, what would you say to people starting out uh, who wanted a job, let's say your job, uh, uh, what, what do you think is the best path for them in terms of education or training or um, just what, what would you want to tell them, people that are starting out? So for the people that are starting out, uh, I definitely want—I definitely would suggest—is find your passion. Mm. What is it? You know, what is it that you want? What is it that you enjoy doing? And then from there, what drives you to continue to pursue whatever that is that you like? Mm. For me, I remember, you know, it was as I, I was going through life. I was. I was I was a district trainer at Eckerd Drugs. I liked doing what I was doing, but it was very simply, I was I I hit a glass ceiling because without a degree, without going any further, then I knew that I was kind of stuck where I was. I was and for a while there, I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was I was doing something that I was passionate about that I enjoyed doing, but then there's this weird like little voice in the back of my head that was like, "Be better, do better," mm. <laughs> and I'm like, uh. Okay, what's going on here? And it was this it was drive. It was telling me to that I needed to be better and to do better. So then I went back to school and I, and I, and I got my degree and and then it was like, okay, well, what's next? It's like continue to do better, continue to be better. Mm -hmm. I knew that I loved learning, I loved development, I loved teaching. Mm -hmm. And so I continued to pursue that in as many different avenues as I could. You know, I enjoyed the corporate learning uh, in the pharmacy side. I enjoyed doing that. I really, really did. And I'm like, okay, well, I think, you know, how else can I understand learning better? And so then that's when I moved into, into K-12 in academia. And I got learning from that perspective as well. And so it really, I felt like I was, I was understanding a lot of different learning theories and how they were getting applied in, mm -hmm. in, in different ways. You know, I'm, going from teaching adults to teaching kids, andragogy to pedagogy and, 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 and those types of things. And really understanding that at a greater depth was just, it was fun for me. It was exciting. And then moving into higher ed and taking that even to a greater depth of level and just understanding why people learn, how people learn, just that voice inside me, that drive going, do better, be better. And that's what I continue to do and continue to pursue. And so for anyone that's out there, that's, that's interested in, in going into learning development, um, learning is passion learning is excitement learning is drive to constantly want to do better and to be better and so the best advice i could give anyone out there that's that wants to be in this kind of in this field in this position is to is to learn is to grow and to really try to expose yourself to as many different kinds of 
of learning environments until you find the one that fits you and then see how you can grow from there. How can you can continue to do better and be better? You know, I love that. I love that, Don, that be better, do better. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, that's, <laughs> that sounds like a slogan for life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I have to tell you, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you, Don. You have such passion around learning and, and, and helping other people learn. It's really the passion is around, around, around seeing that learning uh, land with other people. Well, is there anything that I, you. that you'd like to say? Is there anything I failed to ask you? Um, something that you'd like people to take away? Or have we oh, covered it? Wow, we've co we've covered quite a bit uh, <laughs> in, in our time together. But I think probably my one big message, I guess that that, that we could, uh, I guess we could probably wrap it up with, is is learning doesn't have to be boring. Doesn't have to be just a. How do you get from point A to point B in a straight line? Mm -hmm. And it's it's a choose your own adventure book, mm. and so make it fun, make it learning and make it, make it exciting and engaging because, you know, learning can be fun. Learning is excitement. Learning is awesome. You are getting better at something that you weren't good at beforehand. And, and so that's, that's, that's the goal. I think be better, do better. You better do better. <laughs> All right, Don, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time. This has been great fun to talk to you. I really enjoyed it. Thank uh, you so thank much. You. Thank you, Linda. I appreciate it. Sure. Hmm.